Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, I am looking for my good buddy Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. It's yeah. going well. I was thinking, um, we never talked about this, but like when you were growing up, was this day kind of annoying for you? Like, did everyone have to make, you know, a joke about it? Like well, April, April Fool's. Yeah, I, th I I forgot that it was until <laughs> somebody said something to me also this morning. Um, I think it was kind of a big deal in school when I was yeah. a kid, if I remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, within the confines of my family, I don't remember it ever having any significance. But like my dad was not a practical joker, so we didn't <laughs> have that at home. I know some people's dads are, you know, big on that. Um, but I remember in school, it, it, but it being more of a, a boy thing. It, yeah. Would you say that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but like no one ever riffed on your name or anything. Oh, my name. I didn't even think of it that way. Um, so my name gets riffed on a lot. Um, but no, not in the April Fool's context huh. that I recall. I, feel, I, I felt like the boys would have had a field day with that. Well, maybe yeah. you need to bring some, you you need to come up with a bit for me. For All right. April yeah, I'll, I'll work on that. And, you know, next time, if, if you're ever like at a, some kind of big conference on April Fool's Day, then, you know, we can have a, a bit to go with. And... Yeah, you could come up with a bit for me. Yeah. I'm used to my name being, uh, you know, kind of used in other ways. I get my, used as my first name. That's usually. Yeah, you get April a lot. That's yeah. usually the biggest uh, faux pas with my name. But, um. Uh, you work on that next year. You get you get a year. All right, I got the homework. <laughs> yeah, got your homework. So so today, I think we're talking about uh, some research that you did recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. Trends in managed services. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, this is something that we've looked at off and on uh, over the years. It, it it factors into a lot of the research that you do, and then mm -hmm. every year or every other year, you do a focus study on it. Uh, so you know, this was this year's iteration. I know you did. Uh, an international version of it. You looked at a few different countries. Um, I, I think a lot of the trends kind of stay the same from country to country. Uh, but yeah. you know, what were some of the the big takeaways that you saw? Yeah. Um, so yes, as you mentioned, this is a study that we do pretty regularly. Uh, a large portion, if not the vast majority, of our members are actually MSPs or do MSP work if they're not a hundred percent an MSP. Um, so. Uh, so the trends that we find here are very applicable to our universe, our ecosystem. And it was an interesting year because I think um, this is the first year where a lot of MSPs lifted their head up a little bit more and thought, okay, maybe we're we're getting out of the pandemic. And so, you know, what does 2022 look like for us? What is 2023 going to look like for us? And how are we doing um, after the last couple of years that we've been through. So it was, I think, a good time to do this study again and take a look at the health and the projected health of, of where this market is going to go. And, you know, not surprisingly, I'll just sort of like talk at a macro level. Um, a lot of MSPs are, are pretty um, bullish about the future. They're, they're optimistic um, for, for those companies that stayed afloat, you know, for the last couple of years, a lot of the MSPs were able to thrive. There were things that, you know, we've talked about in the past that were a natural fit for their business that came out of the pandemic, you know, supporting remote work, um, being probably the chief number one thing. Um, so for those MSPs that were able to fill those holes and gaps for companies that were really desperate, um, they were able to take advantage uh, of, of doing that. A lot of MSPs also spent, the last couple of years 
working on things that they uh, have been on their nice to have list, you know, getting more fully digitized in their digital transformation, um, maybe taking a look at some emerging technology areas, getting more versed in um, in software, uh, for instance, which, you know, it, the MSP traditionally is very much um, the type of company that handles the management and monitoring of infrastructure. So it's hardware and operating systems and basic security and storage and all of those things that are very necessary. Um, but the holy grail has always been to move up the stack and start being um, a, a company that uh, works at the application level, the high-end application level and business services to companies. And we see a trend in MSPs moving toward offering more of what we like to call premium services. Um, and they're able to charge more for that. They're closer to the customer. The customer, you know, the, the, the infrastructure stuff is important, but the customer really wants to talk about the, the application of technology that's going to help them run their business better and, you know, help them make more money or help them cut costs or whatever it is. And some of those applications are the things that are going to help them get there. Yeah. So I had, I had a couple thoughts on what you were just talking about, like that yeah. whole thread about, you know, optimism and, and trying to get into premium services. So on the optimism yeah. side, uh, I, I think it makes sense that a lot of them are feeling good. I think, you know, one of the, the main takeaways from the pandemic is that technology can help you weather a storm or technology not only, you know, helps your business survive, yeah. but is going to be the thing that helps the business grow. And so if, if you're providing technology services, I think there's a ton of opportunity out there. One thing I thought of uh, when I was looking at your chart about what keeps them up at night, you know, or what, what are they concerned about? And there's macroeconomic, you know, issues, oh, which yeah. have probably become, you know, greater concern since you did the report. Uh, but one thing that I don't know that we've talked about too much, we, we talk about customers taking the business direct, and that's kind of buying direct. Um, but especially when it comes to managed services, do they talk very much about customers changing their mind and wanting to bring things in-house. So if, if the managed service provider is monitoring the network and they're kind of doing the day-to-day -day thing that an IT department would do, and maybe they're doing that for a client that doesn't have an IT department, how often does the client decide that they want to have an IT department and they, they decide that they need to bring more technology in-house? Do you hear much about that or is that not as common among this client base that MSPs tend to serve? Uh, I'd like to say, now I'll, I'll put a caveat here that we didn't ask that question. Okay. So, um, but in my anecdotally, um, it's not as common as you think among the set of, of MSPs we're talking about here, because they tend to be smaller, uh, companies themselves and their clientele tend to be smaller as well. Yeah. So they usually are relying on these MSPs to be there. IT department. Right. Now, unless that smaller customer, if that customer then grows, that's when the, the, the I think it's when the customer grows and starts adding headcount um, and complicating and, you know, beco becoming more complex in, in terms of what they do with technology that they reach then that inflection point where they have to decide, are we get, still going to rely on the MSP to do all of that? Or do we want to bring some of this stuff in house? Yeah. And I don't think bringing things in house though. So let's just, you know, postulate here that it is happening in some, and it is in, in some realms. I don't think that's necessarily the death knell for the MSP, though. The MSP, a lot of companies will do both. They'll pull some things in-house, some maybe, you know, the crown jewels of their organization will they'll keep in-house because they feel like they need to be in control of that uh, more so than, than, than an MSP. But they might retain the MSP for, you know, other things. And that definitely happens with large companies. 
large customer companies is they may have satellite offices and they'll have an MSP that's in charge of at least the infrastructure and the and the management of those offices. And then at headquarters, there'll be an IT department and they do they can't be complementary. So um, so I certainly see that. And it's it really is based mainly on customer size, in my experience. So the larger the customer, the more apt they are to do that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I think that ties into the premium services then that as if a customer is growing, they may look at the overall technology footprint and start making decisions about like, okay, we, we're going to bring this part in house, but we still need some external help for, for something else. And I could see that going either way where they're pulling in some of the day to day routine stuff because they want to get efficiencies out of that and make it as tightly tied to operations as possible or they're leaving some of that routine stuff outside and the internal stuff is focused on some of these higher end type services like data analysis or uh, some more advanced cybersecurity. So I, I could see that going both ways. Um, yeah. and, and thinking about the premium services, it kind of struck me that there's probably as much of a business model change there going from a, a standard managed service where you're just managing and monitoring the network into like data analysis as there is from like being a value-added reseller into managed services because it sort of seems like the same thing like well i'm running your network thing and i'm now i'm going to run your data analysis but those are completely different activities completely different. with completely different skill sets and so i i i think sometimes i see out there in the industry that some of these new things can just be kind of bolted into a portfolio but i i don't think it's anywhere near as easy as that. No, I don't think it is either. And, you know, as we see in, in doing questionnaires like this, um, a lot of times the respondents will check the boxes. Yes, we're doing this. Yes, we're doing that. Yes, we're doing this. And, and I, you know, you do have to take that a little bit with a grain of salt, because if you dig a little deeper and find out, well, what exactly are you doing with data analysis to use that as, a, as an example? And you may find that it, it is very much surface level and, and they don't have a deep understanding or somebody on staff who's, who is um, steeped in BI or analytics, who's doing that kind of real work that you're talking about. But um, the aspiration is there at least. So I think you hit on a very good point though, and it is a key takeaway here, is um, managed services has been around for 20 plus years, mostly in the infrastructure side. And it has been, the, it was the transition point for the value added reseller who was just reselling the hardware. Um, now we're at a point where MSPs are, are maybe at the point where VARs were back in the day, and they're transitioning their business. Um, and that it is it is a learning curve, a steep one, for a lot of companies to move into this area of more business services that are going to be offered to the customer. Um, they're going to have a different type of staff uh, that they're going to either have to retrain existing staff, um, but existing staff may not be retrainable for these kinds of skills. So they may have to look outside. So all of those, uh, human resources issues that come up whenever you pivot to something new are going to be very much front and center, uh, for MSPs that are trying to move up the stack and get into some of these more uh, challenging areas, uh, around software and applications. Um, so yeah, I, I anticipate, for a subset of kind of the growth oriented, you know, revenue oriented MSPs, the next two to five years are, are, are going to involve a lot of change. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, it, 
we never want to get too hung up on nomenclature and details and naming. But oh, you're kidding me. That's all we do, right? <laughs> We're jargon we, but we don't like to. I guess maybe we do like to, but no, um, we don't. We don't. I feel like there's potential for that here, right? Where I, I, I think that managed services meant one thing. I think it, it tended to mean the infrastructure. Uh, and, and and I don't know how much that name even maybe carried more weight inside the IT channel versus with external customers, where external customers might have thought of it as, you know, third party or my partner or, mm -hmm. or whatever else. And, and the name doesn't, you know, carry some of the same connotations. And now we're getting into this realm where there's a lot of different facets of technology. And and, and I think there's somewhat of a movement out there where it's like, well, managed services can mean kind of anything. You know, I'm either, you know, I'm managing your infrastructure or your cybersecurity or your data, but those those tend to be such different things. And we've seen the splinter off into MSSPs, uh, security service providers. Haven't seen it as much with data yet, but you start to think that that will need to happen. That, you know, in order for us to have a conversation about what kind of work is happening here, we we can't just lump it all under one umbrella, right? And and it's it's not going to be common enough to to be able to do that. So that that'll be interesting to watch going forward. Yeah, yeah. It's I think we are at a point where um, the managed services market is going to have to redefine itself. And I think you're right about the specialization that's going to go with that. I mean, we do see the security piece of it. That's been happening for a while that there are MSPs that have peeled off and, and devote the vast majority of their business to security services, and especially moving away from the, the basic security to the more high-end types of services that they can offer customers. Um, but maybe we're gonna see that with the data world as well. So data specialization and, and some of the other um, areas, and that's gonna impact not just the technical skills that these MSPs have to have, but also if you think about the impact on their sales and marketing, teams, um, their messaging is going to have to change and be very different. And, and, you know, customers then will have more avenues to go down to select, you know, who they want to work with. And it may be the case that they end up working with multiple types of MSPs. Um, and then maybe like in the telecom world, you have a master MSP. I think that actually is a terminology out there that may, you know, do um, all of the above or subcontract to different, I could see all kinds of funny scenarios that could emerge here. I don't yeah. think we're quite, we're not quite there yet, but um, I could see this, this market is definitely going to change. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to your earlier point about the fact that a lot of these MSPs might be fairly small. Um, you know, how much can they specialize across, you know, a range of clients? You know, what is that going to look like for them? Will it be sufficient for them to be kind of a jack of all trades and, and be doing infrastructure along with some basic security and maybe some basic data management. Um, will there be a market for that? Or will clients start to very quickly want deeper specializations in some of those areas? Yeah. Uh, it's all driven by the client, right? <laughs> and what the customer needs yeah. and what the customer wants. And, and I think that's changing quite a bit. You know, I see that in the end user research. And I think we see that in our certification sales that, that the demand for technology is changing pretty rapidly. And a lot of people are having trouble keeping up, whether that's hiring um, full-time employees and being able to find those people or working with third part, party partners uh, and, and having all of the depth of specialization that you would want in order to get some competitive advantage. Yeah, I mean, specialization um, is gonna be a tricky one, I think, for a lot of MSPs. One, you know, one of the, the, the 
the good things about managed services, the one of the things that, you know, that um, got people into it in the first place was its repeatability uh, of process. And, and so you didn't customize, you didn't specialize everything that you provided to the customer. You could onboard customer A the same way that you do B and C and D. And, um, and that's how you reaped as much margin as possible out of uh, these engagements is that they were not, um, we treat customer A this way, customer B that way. I think that's going to change. That's going to necessitate a lot of change internally where we, the mantra of, of managed services has been, you know, repeatable vanilla process that is the same for everybody, one to many. And that may not be the case if we try to specialize and that's going to throw a lot of things off balance. And I don't know how easily that's going to work for some companies that have spent the last 10 years really, really trying to get, you know, nail down repeatable process within their company. Yeah, that's that's a great point, because you, you think about these things that we're talking about with with security or data management and, and, and analytics. I, I think that there are parts of those that maybe can be repeatable, you know, monitoring the, the network for security breaches or establishing um, an infrastructure for, for data storage. But very quickly, all of those things become very tailored to the customer. And if you've got, you know, 10 different customers, they're all going to have different needs, especially around data analysis, right? I think that is the one that 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 really begins to 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 be customized or, or tailored the most. Um, and, and so for for these companies like you're talking about that have kind of built their business and built an entire model around having repeatable processes that you can take from one customer to the, to yep. the next, that's just not the same type of thing that you can do with some of these higher level services. No. Uh, it isn't. And I think what you may see, and we're seeing this a little bit in the data, I'll bring this up because it is a data point that we found, is that more MSPs, rather than try to be everything to everybody, are going to start partnering with um, some of the specialists. And we see that in the security area is one way that um, the more rank and file MSPs tried to up their game in, in cybersecurity in the last year because they were a, a bit behind based on research that we did last year. Um, was some some you know internally worked you know to retrain people and hire uh, staff with um, a higher level of, or degree of skills in cybersecurity, but a big percentage decided to partner with MSSPs and gain their skills that way. It's kind of you know so they the, then the MSSP would obviously get something from the traditional MSP that they didn't have in their wheelhouse, and so working with others in the ecosystem to do complementary skills might be one initial stopgap measure um, in order to, to deal with this move away from uh, one to many and everything that you do into more of a world that's going to be customized based on the client because we are moving up the application stack, as we talked about in the beginning there. So that's one way, I think, maybe to achieve, at least in the short term, where you're trying to go. Yeah. And the other way I would point out is, is I think we're going to see a lot more um, MSPs and IT departments, internal ones, at least at the at the higher company level. Those are the larger companies. They're going to have to work together like a team. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's making me think of this notion that we've had for a while about the virtual IT department, you know, that an MSP is maybe trying yeah. to be the, the virtual IT department for a company that doesn't have one. And we've looked a lot at the evolution of the IT department within a company uh, over the past 10 to 20 years. And it has evolved from kind of a, 
generalist group of people that were primarily focused on infrastructure and then doing some of the other stuff on the side into these specialized groups. And so within a large company now, you have an infrastructure team, a security team, a data team, you've got some software developers. Um, you've got to expect that the same model would take place kind of through the partnering that you're talking about where the MSP still might be the infrastructure team. Yeah. And then they are working with partners who are the data team or the security team and all together, you know, you kind of plug all of these components in to create a virtual IT department. Um, and that's uh, a change for the end user as well. Now they've kind of got to deal with multiple parties and they've got to worry about collaborating with that. But I still, I still feel like that's maybe the most likely pathway versus these smaller companies trying to form their own IT teams internally um, or, or whatever it might be. And so, so this, this world of, of partnering and, and even kind of combining partners for a single um, customer, right? Where, where if yeah. you're the MSP and you're the infrastructure team, maybe you can be repeatable infrastructure across multiple customers, but for an individual customer that has really specific data or security needs, you're going out and you're finding partners and you're, you're combining for that customer. Um, whereas maybe that's not the same situation for every one of your customers. Yeah. I could see a model developing that's similar to like, you know, the construction industry where you've got a contractor who then has subcontractors who work for them. And so maybe that contractor is the face to the customer. Um, but below that, they are farming out the various specialty areas to subcontractors. And that could be a model that's similar to the, the telecom world works that way. Mm. And, um, and I could see the managed services world going that way, too. Um, and, and it would, you know, customers don't want to have to deal with, you know, multiple providers if they don't have to. Right. So if you have the model where it's a contractor with subs below it, they don't have to deal with the subs, but uh, they still get the services that they want that those subs have. And the, the contractor can be the face. Um, and I could see that developing, but it's, it's, it, it, it'll take, it's, it's complex and it'll take some change on a lot of these smaller MSPs part to get there. Um, mm. But yeah, so um, I that's that's covered a lot of ground, but I know there's you know a lot more in the, the yeah, research that you gathered. You know, what are what are some of the other high points that are a little different than what we've been talking about so far? Well, you know, um, I I'd, I'd point out that you know we asked the question, you know, what's going to drive change in your business, and we're talking here obviously about change and how the market's going to change. And one of the big levers that's being pushed and pulled or up and down, whatever, um, is customer experience. And we talk about that a lot. But um, managed service providers are very keen in the coming couple of years, and they've been working on this in the past, to provide a really seamless customer experience and one that appeals to all the various types of clients. So this gets back to our customizing and specializing, but all customers want to deal with managed services providers in a different way. Um, but not only that, but also um, being good at doing, you know, helping their customers provide good customer experience to theirs. So it's sort of this continuum. So the managed service provider is really great at support. They provide multiple avenues and channels for their customers to communicate with them and do business with them. Um, you know, they do website design that has all the interactivity that a customer may want. 
that's all well and good. So that's one part of the business. But the other thing that's driving them is to help customers who have the same needs and the same uh, requirements that they want to be able to be good provide that kind of great experience to their own customers. So that's a service on, in and of itself that MSPs are going to start to drive. Um, and I, I think that's interesting. And a lot of that um, is going to require them to get up to speed on, you know, some newer technologies from AI. I mean, we don't want to dive too much into that, but um, getting better at doing multi-channel types of engagements with customers. And that's a learning curve too that we could talk about, but um, CX came up a lot in the discussion here. Um, yeah. yeah, and you've you've looked at that individually, right? It's a big enough topic that you've done deep dives on customer experience, yeah. right? Yeah, we've done quite a bit on it. It's gonna be, it's something that everybody's thinking about. Um, and and part of it is, you know, the whole shift to the cloud. And 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 one part of the the study we we asked about cloud just in general with MSPs and you know has this been a good thing or a bad thing for your business now that we're I think I asked you even what's the birthday of cloud not long ago and it was like 15 years ago or something is quote unquote a, the date when we all started talking about this thing called cloud computing and I remember at the time channel companies not just MSPs but anyone was all freaked out and thought this might be the end of the world for us and obviously it hasn't been but it has um, prompted quite a bit of shakeup and how things are sold, procured, managed, monitored, you name it. So we we returned to that very basic question in this study and asked, you know, wow, what has been the impact? Has this been good or bad? And overwhelmingly, the MSPs um, uh, say that, you know, the, this whole shift to the cloud paradigm has been a good thing for them and that it is it has cemented their relationship with customers in some ways. It's improved their relationship with customers, even though, and that's what's interesting, even though many customers procure a lot of things directly from the cloud, their applications, they're not using the MSPs to buy that stuff, but the MSPs then go on to manage it. So I found that interesting. It's 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 nice historical take too on, you know, um, on where we're at in terms of the impact. Cause we ask about impact, but when it's only a year out or two years out, it doesn't have quite the oomph as asking 15 years later, how is this done for your business? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it makes sense that a lot of MSPs would continue to see opportunity there because as cloud adoption is maturing, companies are finding that there's a lot of different activity in managing and orchestrating all of the things that you have going on with cloud. So even if they're direct buying some of their applications, you know, right. if they're running infrastructure and then they're running these SaaS applications, kind of managing and overseeing that entire architecture is a big activity. And again, for the types of clients that we're talking about, you know, they don't really have the the skill or the resources or the bandwidth to be doing that management. And so even if it's something slightly different than monitoring and managing an internal network, um, there's probably a lot of repeatability to it. There's probably a lot of tools yeah. that can be used. And I think MSPs have probably found that they can transition into some of that cloud management. Um, and like you said in the report, sometimes becoming a cloud service provider instead of just a managed service provider, which, you know, again, getting getting down to details and names, right? Yeah. But yeah. No, but I mean, I, I think the, um, the playing the role of the orchestrator is is um, a good way to put it. Uh, uh, customers may be buying a ton of things from an online marketplace, from a, you know, from Amazon, from you know, from Microsoft Online or Google, but 
that's not going to be the vendor that's going to help, that's going to pick up the phone or deal with them in any way to manage a problem or a support the solution for them. And that's really the role that the MSP can play. They are that they're that last mile to the customer, the face to the customer. So if they can position themselves in between the behemoths over here that, you know, are really pretty much owning the cloud and the things that reside in it and the customer over here who has a question, you know, they're uniquely positioned to sit in the middle there and manage all of that activity. And I think that's really where the future is um, from just a a basic business model uh, level for a lot of MSPs today is to sit right there in the center. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably a good place to wrap it up. I know there's a lot of stuff that we still haven't touched on, but uh, we took a little bit different approach with this one. And it might be the type of thing that we're doing more with the research where it's not going to be like one monolithic report coming out, but there's a a few different types of content. Uh, So we'll link to some of that, you know, in the show notes, people can, you know, check out uh, your findings on the world of MSPs and how they're dealing with cybersecurity. Um, And I'm sure we'll be talking about managed services again relatively soon. We sure will. It is a perennial topic. So good to chat about it, though. All righty, folks. Well, uh, Andrea, you got to give Andrea a nod. I will. I will. Yeah. Thanks, as always, to our producer, Andrea McMillan. Uh, And Carolyn, I will be talking to you in a couple weeks. Sounds good. Take care. Bye. Bye.